This is a shear on Likutei Sichis Chelek Tesvav Vayetzei the fourth Vayetzei Dalit. The Rheintik has said that uh, this week's parsha it's it's told with a lengthiness. How Yaakov Avinu while he was in the house of Lavan was particularly occupied with tzayin with sheep both in the context of the fact that his work there was to be a shepherd, and also in the reward, the payment, that Lavan gave him at the end was with sheep. So for the first 14 years he worked as, uh, by virtue of the fact that he got uh, Leah and Rachel, and then when it came time for him to make something for his own house, um, Lavan paid him in sheep. So he worked with sheep the whole time, and he was paid with sheep. Similarly, which means basically that his main wealth was sheep. And it was his main possessions. And from that he became an usher, became wealthy. As the Pasuk testifies, the man became expansively wealthy. And he had many sheep. And then the Pasuk continues, and he had maidservants and servants and camels and donkeys. And as the Rebbe points out in the brackets, the sheep enabled him to be able to have the other possessions, servants and, and other animals. As Rashi explains, he would sell his sheep for high value, and buy all these other items. But his main agenda, his main item, the thing he had, was sheep. And he would uh, sell his sheep and buy other things. However, we find in Parshas Ba'ishlach a little bit of a deviation from this. When Yaakov sends the shlichas, the messengers to Esau, and there he describes what he has. So that's his, so Yaakov says the message like this. I went to Lavan, and then Vayihili, I now have Shair, Vachamer, oxen and donkeys, Tzoyin, sheep, Ve'evet Veshivcha, and servants and maidservants. So we find that sheep is only third in the list of items that he says he has after oxen and donkeys and when in reality till now we've been understanding that Yaakov's main possession is sheep especially that um, just before that it says that when Yaakov was running away which is not long before he meets Esau it says that he took all of his um He took all of his cattle, in other words, all of his sheep, his flocks of sheep, and then he said he took all the other possessions he had. Miknei um, Kinyonai, which is, those are mentioned after his Miknei, his herds of cattle. What is Miknei Kinyonai? The Rebbe points out from Rashi that the things he had bought with Kinyonai, with the possessions that he had, his main possession was sheep, the things that he had bought after selling sheep was other things. So that's when he's running away from Lavan. Not long thereafter, when he's going to Esau, the message he sends is that I have oxen, donkeys, and sheep. Sheep is, we know, the main thing you have. So why, in identification to Esau, do you downplay the sheep? Base. Why are we involved in such details about the sheep and the way the sheep are mentioned? Nah, the Rebbe says, every Indian in Teda 
is as the word Torah means a hira, a teaching. It's an everlasting teaching for every Jew in every place and in every situation. Especially the stories that are told about our forefathers. My say of this. Those stories that are told in the Torah are definitely a lesson for all of us. Especially something that is occupying almost a whole sedra. There's this whole sedra talking about sheep. Sheep have got to be very important to us as well. The, the lesson has to be very relevant. It has to be a simen labonim. My say of this, what happened to the father's simen is an indication and a signpost labonim to the children. Tells them how to live. Not just it tells them how to live, it also gives an asinaskech, it gives the ability to live with that message. Because we are, after all, the children of Avraham Yitzhak Yaakov. So the power they give us enables us to live our lives here in the teaching they teach us. So we understand that these details are also very important for us to understand what they mean. Which details? First of all, that it was particularly sheep that brought Yaakov to his expansive wealth. Number two, even though sheep was the main thing, he bought other things by selling sheep. And three, when it came to Esau, he highlighted, not the sheep, but he highlighted the other items he had bought with the sheep, oxen and donkeys. So we're going to see, says the Rebbe, how this relates to the Avedah, Ruchnis, the spiritual Avedah of every Yid. Gimel. So we'll first understand this by understanding what it says in the Medrash about the connection between Yidin with Hashem. The Medrash in Shirashirim, Rabbi says, Huli love, he will be for me for a father, Vanilay Leben, and I am to him like a child. Huli Leroya, he, Hashem, is to me like a shepherd, Vanilay Leben, and I am to him like sheep. So it's well known the question. Since Jews are compared to children of the Abishter of Hashem, what in the world is added by saying they're like sheep? What is the, the analogy of being like shepherd and sheep, the belovedness? To Hashem like sheep. We're, we have the belovedness to Hashem like children. How can you compare the belovedness of children to the belovedness of sheep? So the explanation is given exactly. That's the reason. Because sheep are so not important. And children are so important. That's exactly the reason why there's added value to the analogy of sheep. Most haste. The fact that the Yidin are called children, this shows that they have an entity, that they have an existence in the mind of the Father, in this case Hashem. And even though the connection with an Hashem to Hashem, so it's not like a child down below who becomes a literally independent entity. Your child, after it's born, grows as an independent living being. The Hashem always retains its oneness with Hashem, so it never really gets separate from Him. So it's a child who still remains in the in the, in the oneness of the Father. However, the moment you say the word Ben, child, it's already a, a sign and it shows that it's like a second reality. It's not the Father. It's something separate of the Father. And the belovedness and endearment of the child to the Father is of a, some kind of a... It means that the child um, is teifes mokim. It, 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 he takes up space. In other words, he grabs the attention of the Father. Something to grab the attention of the Father, in other words, to say that something is existent, even in terms of its source, Hashem, this has to be talking about the source here of Hashem, we're talking about has to be the godly light of the order of Hishtalshlus, the order of descent. In other words, because the light of Hashem 
right? We talk about Hashem, there's many different levels. When we talk about the level of Hashem, the way He pertains to creation of the world, there we can talk about the Yidin being like a Ben, being like a child to Hashem. Because by definition, child means, child and father means that the child is relevant to the father. For something to be relevant to Hashem, you have to be talking about a level of Hashem where He has chosen that there should be relevance in his eyes, so to speak, from this world. Or even from the spiritual neshama. However, when we talk at a higher level of godliness, higher than ishtalshlos, higher than the chain of descent which was used to create the world. So about that, we could employ the verse that says in Koheles, Gam bein va'ach he has no child and he has no brother. In other words, there's nothing in Hashem's presence that you can say has any relationship to him, has any existence outside of him. A child, and the feeling of love you have to a child, is a separate existence that is relevant to you. So it's talking in reference to Hashem, a place, so to speak, a level of Hashem, where the world has some kind of reference, some kind of relevance. However, we're talking about a higher level, where there we say, no, there's no brother, there's no son, there's nothing in the face of Hashem. There's no existence that can that can withstand, so to speak, that can have an existence in that level of intensity of the revelation of Hashem. So there, they're compared to sheep. Because sheep, you're right, when it comes to a shepherd and sheep, his love to a sheep, it's not really, that they don't really grab relevance by him in terms of the feeling, the emotion of love. However, this also shows on the great virtue and advantage of the Jew. That even when we're talking about the level where nothing else exists, where, as we said, there's no brother, there's no child, but we are saying there's an endearment. There's an endearment to the Eden, which would be expressed like the, um, the shepherd to the sheep. However, this endearment, this belovedness, it's not because of their metzius, not because of their existence, their separate existence. We said this is a, a level of the Abish we're talking about, where separate existence doesn't, doesn't, doesn't stand. On the contrary, because of their bittle, because of their non-existence in the presence of the Ebishter, bittle, and it's dafka, particularly this bittle, which becomes a vehicle, which becomes a receptacle, which is a, has the ability to accept within it the godly light that's higher than Ishtashlus. As it says in the Pasuk, Morim B'Kodesh Eshken, where does Hashem in His most exalted and holy state, rest, with the downtrodden and the lowly of spirit. Lowliness of spirit is, is, the, is, is, is the activity of moving aside your existence. You move aside your existence that allows for a great, uh, the great level of Hashem to be revealed therein. So we're talking about can't talk, there's the level of Hashem where he relates to us like children. Then there's the level of Hashem where we don't even have any relevance on that level. But because we're so bottle, yes, the endearment is there, but it's an endearment like a shepherd to a sheep. In a way, it's higher. And this is also, this Indian, this, the, 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 the force of this bittle is alluded to the fact that Yidna are compared to sheep. As we see also the characteristics of sheep, by sheep there is the nature of beetle more than by other, under, other animals. Docile like a sheep. Other animals, they put up a ruckus, put up a fuss. 
sheep are by nature more docile and more peaceful, more beetle dick, less egoistic, so to speak, less, less personality. Beetle, they represent beetle. So when Yidin are called Tzayin, representative beetle, that's where there can be this higher level of relationship with Hashem. So now, continues the Rebbe Nezdala, these two descriptions of Yidin, Ben as a son, a child, and Tzayin as sheep, these also relate to us by teaching us two ways of serving Hashem. The way of serving Hashem in a way of child is the way of learning Torah. The main thing, the main agenda of learning Torah is the understanding that you have in your mind. And that process by default includes the fact that a person feels himself. His understanding has now perceived Torah. He's here and his intellect has understood Torah. Even though that to truly understand Torah and the truth of Torah, you need to first be in a state of bitl. Unlike other forms of, 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 of intellect, the Torah can only truly be received in your mind if a person is bitl, if he's non-existent, so to speak. We say every day three times in davening, my soul is like earth before everyone. In other words, I'm bottle. The continuation of that verse is, Open my heart in your Torah, Hashem. In other words, bitl is a preparation for absorbing Torah. As we know in the concept of Baruch Hu that part of the important process of learning Torah is to make a bracha on the Torah, because by making a bracha you're submitting to Hashem that it's Hashem's Torah, and you are bottle in front of Hashem, and then you start to study so the Rebbe says, but that bitl is only an introduction to the study. The actual study, the, the, the exercise of study is not with bitl. You need yourself to be here. You need your faculties to be here. You need your intellect to be here. Your mind needs to be at full, at, 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 in, 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 in full shape, best shape, to get with your seich, with your intellect, what the Torah is saying. That's one service of Hashem, ben, where your reality, your existence is a very important component. Then we have the other form of Avedis Hashem, which is referred to as Tzayin, sheep. This is indicative of the Aveda of Birurim, going out to refine things. Tzayin is from the root word Yitziah, going out. Going out of what? Going out of the four cubits of Torah. Going out to be there in the world, to engage in the world, to make the world a dwelling place for Hashem. And Dafka, this Aveda, brings to the true Bittl of Yit. The true Bittl of a yid to the Eibishter is when he goes out of his own existence and own feelings and own reality. So why is that by going out into the world? That would seem to be a, an enhanced giving over to yourself. Going out there with a, you know, with a, with a, with a drive, with a, with a career. No, oh, no, no, no. He says because a yid doesn't do it for himself. In brackets, it says it ever, because on the contrary, the, actual, the, the mere fact that he occupies himself with the things of the world is a descent for him. The true Jew is his panimius, is his ruchnius, is his spirituality, right? And now you're telling him, uh, you're involved in learning Torah, but you've got to go out of learning Torah. But learning Torah is where I engage my deepest, my highest, my most um, spiritually attuned faculties Hashem, now you're making me leave that and go out to just do things in the world? Yeah, because the only way to fulfill Hashem's plan for the world is to go out there. So it's not about me. It's not about the Yid. Yid would prefer to stay in his pristine environment. 
Going out is a state of bitl. So tsoin represents going out, going out in the world and being bottle. Doing what Hashem wants, not what you would prefer to do spiritually. So now we'll understand the connection from sheep to the Aved of Yaakov in the house of Lavan. The difference between the Aved of Yaakov when he was with his father and the Aved of Yaakov, the way he's described in our Parsha, Parshas Vayetze, unlike Parshas Teldas, where he's still at home. In Parshas Teldas, we talk about Yaakov, the way he is in the Aved of son. He said, son, child, is learning, learning Torah. Yaakov Yaakov was a wholesome person, complete in his relationship to Hashem. And he sat in the tents, which tents? In the tents of shame and Aver. In other words, he was in the yeshiva. And also at the end of the Sedra, where we say that he had to run away from his father's home. Where did he go? He went to the house of Aver. He went to the yeshiva for 14 years till he went to love him. Took a little detour. Learned Torah there. Only an hour, but that's the end of Parsha's Torah. There's an hour Parsha, Parsha by Yetzeh, when he went out. Here we talk about the way Yaakov goes out of his four cubits of Torah, and he goes to Choron. Choron being a representative of the place where Hashem's wrath, Hashem's anger is, is present because there's neg- negativity going on there. And he goes to the house of Lavan, the deceitful Lavan, Lavan Ha'arami he's called. And there he's brought as a shepherd, literally a shepherd also. And also there he works, as it says, he works with all of his power. To the extent that we learn from Yaakov how a worker has to work for an employer. Employee has to work for an employer. Yaakov says, I work with all my power. So it's Dafka there, out there with a the sheep. Out there, outside of the pristine environment of his father's home. Dafka, this Aveda, notwithstanding the great concealment, the great darkness of the house of Lavan, Yaakov doesn't become nispoil, he doesn't get affected. And he tells Esau, I lived with love on Vitar, Yag, Mitzvah, Shamarti, I kept the 630 mitzvahs. And over there he marries and he has his 12 tribes. Mitosh and those tribes, unlike Avram Yitzchak, who each had a child who wasn't fully with the program, all of Yaakov's children are with the program, his, his so to speak, Mitosh, his bed, in other words, his family, Shlema is complete. This Aveda of being out there in Lavan's house brought out the perfect bitl, the consummate bitl of Yaakov. And we can say that's the inner reason, says the Rebbe, that the main rechush, main possessions of Yaakov with what he worked with and what he took from the house of Lavan was sheep. Because in sheep there is hidden an allegory for the spiritual advantage that he achieved working in the house of Lavan. His work was all about bittel, sheep, doing what he was meant to do as destined by Hashem, even if it didn't match up to what he would prefer to do spiritually. And says the Rebbe here in square brackets, and this is also what it says, by Yifreitz, the man became abundantly wealthy, the word by Yifreitz. By Yifreitz is from the same expression as prayers, get it knocking down, breaking through the barriers. Because through the Aved of Bittl, Tzayin, sheep, which represents Bittl, you break down the barriers of Seder Ishtashlis, and you come to the level of the godly light, about which doesn't have any restrictions, about which it says, very, very much. Twice Ma'id means beyond Ishtashlis, beyond restrictions. As we said, where does that come from? That comes from sheep. As Till Chassidah says, that the words where it says, where Yaakov complains to his wives, that 
your father changed my payment 10 times. But every time it worked out for me, if he said that only the dotted cat, uh, sheep will be mine, they all became dotted. If he said only the ones that had um, black markings at their, at, their, at their feet, became like that. It changed to anything it needed to change. So this was because of talking about Lavan, doing something negative, changing the terms of contract. But Hasidah says there's something we can learn it in a beneficial way, based on the higher sefiris, that Yaakov, through his service to Hashem, drew down the essence of the will of Hashem, which is higher than all kinds of um, descriptions and all kinds of limitations. And therefore, this reward could come down in any way possible. Because he was connected to a greater, deeper level of Hashem. Through what? Through his bitl. So, Now the Rebbe comes and tells us, in case you thought you are going to be a little placid, sheepish, shy kid, listen to this. Same way the Avedah of Ben. We talk about serving Hashem in the context of child, which requires entity, requires existence, because you need to have your own understanding. Same way that that needs to be coupled together with the Avedah of Tzayin, Bittl. As we said, you can't really learn Torah if you haven't introduced it on a background of Bittl, similarly the other way around. The Avedah of Bittl of Tzayin also needs to have all the other buy-in of the other faculties of the soul. You need also your mitzvahs involved, your existence. On the contrary, with only lowliness and bittel, you can't fight the concealment and the, um, the cover-up of the world. You need to have, as Shulchan Aruch says, you need to have also as kanavit, to be bold like a leopard, giber kari, strong like a lion. In other words, you've got to use this concept of boldness, which is, you have to be careful with it. Because as he points out in R35, don't get used to speaking boldly, chutzpedik, because that may become who you are. You've got to be careful. But take that attribute and use the attributes of boldness to be fearless and be not bashful. Not to be bashful between people, in front of people who are cynical about what you're doing. And you have to use the gevura, the act of strength, which is metzias, to overpower your yetzahara, to overpower him just like a strong person overpowers his enemy, to be victorious and to knock him down to the ground. Right? So you've got to have metzias for that. As, as the Rebbe points out in Article 37, there's also a verse in Divrei Yomim, Vayig bali Hashem. I think it's about Dovin HaMelech. That is... His heart was uplifted in the ways of Hashem. In other words, the power and the and 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 the uh, and the force of kedusha, which make him see, which makes him a credible force, it needs to be reckoned with. Not a little sheepish person. However, it needs to be done only because Hashem wants it. That's the caveat here. If the person comes to this kind of boldness and strength because of his own personal ego. So, brackets here. Besides the fact you don't know if he's gonna, you don't know if he's gonna be victorious, because if he's fighting with his own power, the other the other side is also invested with power from Hashem. Maybe the other guy got more boldness, more chutzpah, more strength. So first of all, if you're going with Hashem's power, you know you're gonna win. If you're not, if you're going with your own power, first of all, you don't know if you're gonna win. But more than that, that actually becomes the opposite of holiness. 
because you're going with you with ego. Ego and, and, and holiness don't exist together. Holiness, Hashem's holiness comes in a place where there's bitl. So therefore, it can't be the right help to do the fight of fighting the cynics and fighting the opponents to Teda Mitzvahs. Only when you come to the boldness and to the existence and to the strength because Teda told you to, ah, then the azos, then the boldness and then the gevur, the strength will overpower the, the, the opponent. And we could say that this is also the inner reason why the tour and also the Alter Eben brings the one who said this statement, be bold like a, li- like a leopard. He said, Yehuda ben Tema. Who's Yehuda ben Tema? If we look in the inner meaning, Yehuda ben Tema, it's hinting to us where the boldness has to come from. That it has to come from a person, from a place of Yehuda ben Tema. Yehuda is from the expression of Yehudah, thankfulness to Hashem. Thankfulness is admission, submission, that I received something from someone higher. It's bitl. It's not enough that bitl should just be an introduction, the beginning of the work. It has to be Yehuda ben Tema. Ben Tema means constantly saying. Tema in Aramaic is saying. This is the constant refrain, Yehuda, the submissiveness, the bitl. And then, if that is your frame of reference, you recognize that you're in bitl for Hashem, you just want to do what He wants, it's not about you, then that can be what fuels the boldness of a leopard that's used in a positive way. Because since you're standing in a, uh, if you're just going to have the boldness without the backup, without it being grounded and being a product of bitl, then chas v'shalom, you could fall into literal boldness and ego. Be very careful with that. And that's why, as we said earlier, said that ever, it's, our sages tell us, don't add, don't speak boldly. Knows if you're going to naturally develop a tendency to chutzpah, to boldness, to, to that kind of behavior, it can go in the wrong way. It has to be a product of your constant attachment to bitl, to wanting to do what Hashem wants. And then Hashem needs strong soldiers. He needs... Guys that can go out there and take on the world. You're doing because Hashem says you to do it. Then you're in good hands. You'll be victorious because you're Hashem's representative and it won't go in the wrong direction. Zion. This is the explanation in these details that we mentioned earlier about the, the, the sheep of Yaakov. First of all, his general thrust and his Aveda, in other words, his possessions, which representative of his Aveda, we're tzoyin, bitl. That's his, that's his default position. However, that wasn't enough. Now he needed to go and exchange and acquire other things for his arsenal, so to speak. Maidservants and servants and camels and donkeys. Because in order to properly carry out the Avedis Abirur in the refinement of the world, especially when engaging with the refinement that needs to be done in the, in the context of Esau, you need to have all items at your disposal. You need to have a full, a full toolkit, not just bitl. However, two things here. First of all, where did those other items come from? They came through Yaakov's bartering or selling his sheep. In other words, they were a product of bitl, sheep representing bitl. Two, even afterwards when he sold, even afterwards when he started to sell sheep, he didn't sell his whole sheep. On the contrary, that still remained his main possession. Because even when you get out there and you fight with the world, with the concealment of the world, you need that other toolkit. You need to have that, that boldness. You need to have that, that strength of character. 
you have to always remember that the main item by you has to be the bitl, has to be the submissiveness to Hashem. Ches, according to this, we also understand why. You remember we said when he sent, when he sent to, to Esav, so first he said, not about his sheep, his sheep are relegated to spot three. First he said he has, uh, right, the oxen and donkeys. Why? We know that factually his main agenda, his main item was still sheep. So why does he relegate it to third place in the description? Because by saying to Asaph, I have oxen and donkeys and sheep and servants and maidservants, Yaakov wanted to tell him about the zechuyas, about the merits he has and about the great powers he's been entrusted with. And that's why he's going to be successful. And he wanted to scare Asaph, that Asaph shouldn't do what he, the negative things he wanted to do. So therefore to Asaph, he didn't speak first about him being docile and bottle. Because that would have been an, a, an open door for Esau to go in and overrun Yaakov like a truck, God forbid. He wanted to make Esau fearful of the fact that he too can stand up to him. So he wanted to speak to him. Yaakov first wanted to get a message to him about the strength that Yaakov has. He needs to know that Yaakov has tzoyin. That's why he doesn't omit that detail. He puts it in third. He knows he needs to know he has bitl. And on the contrary, bitl in that context is strength because when somebody is submissive and, and, and non-existent in front of a greater power who harnesses and, and so to speak, uh, um, hijacks him, not hijacks in a negative way, but uses him to carry out their agenda, then you're blessed with the power of that higher agenda. When you have the Hashem, you're bottled to Hashem and Hashem's driving you then it's his force that's propelling you. But it's coming from Kedusha. But, still in all, he starts off by talking about the Tekev, about the strength he has. So he doesn't start off with sheep, which by its very nature is talking about Bittl. This, however, is only what the other side has to hear. For yourself, a person always has to remember the truth, that the strength is actually an outcome of the Bittl. And on the contrary, the main item that a Jew has should be his bitl, should be his subservience, is given over to Hashem. Tess says the Rebbe, the Ein Facha The simple message from all this in our generation is ah, beautiful. We need to have the Seder Avedah Vayetz. We need to be going out, going out to make the world light, to illuminate the world. However, we need beforehand to have a period of preparation of learning Torah like Yaakov did in the tents of Shem Ve'ever. In other words, pristine and holy Torah, the way it was studied throughout the generations. However, you need to come through that to the level of that the person becomes expansively breakthrough. In other words, to be able to fill the world and conquer the world. And to do that, you need to leave the tents of Torah and go into the world, into the Eretz, into the land. And illuminate the world there. And on the contrary. In our times, the main Aveda is Dafka by doing. We know in the time of the Gemara, Talmud Torah, learning Torah was the main thing. That's why we have, in the Gemara, it speaks about some people that were Torah, their Torah was their entire occupation. They're not obligated to anything else, even to do mitzvahs. Today, the Shonach says there's no such existence. We don't have a classification of people. Even people that study full-time Torah, it's not that same level of intensity and total Devotion to the ex, to the exclusion of anything else. It's not called Torah. Torah is his is his is his craft, literally. 
which was the dagger of Rabbi Shimon and his friends. It was very high level. It's not even here today by a small group of Jews, by a minute group of Jews. No. Because today, in general, the Aveda is, the service of Hashem is Asiyah, doing. It's particularly deeds of tzedakah, of benevolence. So mainly we have to be out there. That The Torah learning is a preparation to get out there, to make the, to buy Yetzir, to going out. Making the world a dwelling place of Hashem through deeds of tzedakah, deeds that we do in this world. Especially in our generation, says the Rebbe, where our occupation is to look for Jews that are blunged, that are lost and stumbling in the darkness of our exile and put them, bring them to a, the shaft of light, the light of mitzvahs, and the light of Torah. And that's not so much to make from somebody who's ignorant, make him more learned, or to make from somebody who's a smaller lambda, a smaller learner of Torah, to, to be somebody who's a greater learner and more knowledgeable of Torah, or to bring somebody who's a mekel b'mitzvahs is more lenient to mitzvahs to make him a Yerushalayim b'tachos, to make him a fully God-fearing person. Those are all things within range. The Rebbe says our work today is, 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 is much more radical. Today it's atzolas nefoshes mamish. It's literally life-saving. You save the... Today we have the opportunity and our work needs to be to save the nefesh, the soul of another Yid and his children to the end of generations. That they should simply remain Yidin, they should remain Jew. And they should conduct themselves at least starting with actual deeds the way a yid has to conduct himself. Not a, going to be a bigger scholar, lesser scholar, more from, less from. We're talking about here about people that are possibly going to totally lose their identity for themselves and for their children. And bringing them from an identityless place to a place where they identify with the Judaism and actually do Yiddishkeit, do mitzvahs. Yud, another point in this is important. In order that this work should be batzlacha. It needs to start with Tzayin, it needs to start with Bittl. You have to do it because this is what Hashem wants you to do. Because this is the way you fulfill the, 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 the shlichos, the mission from Hashem to illuminate the darkness of Golos. When you do the Aveda with Bittl, so it's not limited according to your nature or according to how much excitement and, and, and gishmak you have in it. There's no difference. If you're doing it in Bittl, then there's no difference where the Abish descends you. Wherever you are, wherever divine providence has made sure that you are, and by every kind of Jew in which you come into contact, you put yourself in with all the kaychas and with all your strength to establish Talmidim Harbe, many Talmidim. Harbe means many, higher than limitations. In a way, as it says about Yaakov, Yaakov was expansively very, very wealthy. And we go with this Hanukha, with this uplake, um, with this. Um, we go with this understanding, that, um, this given, that we have to fulfill Hashem's shlichus, then you'll be successful with all kinds of students. And then, as it says by Yaakov, if Lavan changes the, the, the deal, if he says only the spotted ones, or he said only the ones with, with, with marks by the feet, that doesn't matter. All the sheep will work out to be like that. In other words, when you go, because this is what Hashem wants you to do, it doesn't matter what kind of student comes to you. You know what happens? The Ebishti gives a bracha that all your student comes out proper. And more than that, as it says by Yaakov, they were more fruitful and more multi they more multiplied more than all other sheep. And you have mitosah shleima. All the children work out properly. Chaz v'shalom, there's nothing lacking or there's no 
uh, waywardness any of your children or, or students. <coughs> it seems to me, as I'm teaching this, I'm reading it out loud, the Rebbe is really saying that you may think this kind of student is not for me, but if Hashem brought you in proximity to that person, and that person's there, and you're able to learn with them, and, and, and you're the guy, so if, if, your, if your context is doing what Hashem wants, look, I'm going to do my best. So the Rebbe is saying it will work out. You're, with all your limitations, with the drawbacks that you think you have, and perhaps you're, the students will work out in a proper way, receiving from you what they need to receive. Just like in Yaakov, they changed the recipe, they changed the deal, it doesn't matter. So then all the sheep were born that way. It's Hashem making this all happen. If He puts you here to be with these people, then it's going to work. Then that's, that's what you need and that's what they need. And if it continues, and this uh, prepares every yid to the Gula Mitzvah Shlema, to the coming redemption, true and complete redemption, but by the Gula, no yid will be left in Godless. As it says in the Navi of Atim, to look to the Echad, Echad when they saw, you will be gathered up one by one of the Nisrael, and together call God the a great congregation will come back here, Bekarev, Mamish. Together, the Rebbe quotes in R51, that Rashi, when he brings the Pasuk of Atim to look to, you'll be gathered one by one. Rashi puts in commentary, he says, Hashem holds his hands, literally, ish, ish, each person from his place. Amen. 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 Amen.